Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 35 of my Crisis to Opportunity podcast. This episode is the third of four in which I'll wrap up my podcast by exploring how to take everything you've learned in this podcast and prepare you to take action that will help you positively confront and hopefully overcome the crisis you're faced with. The topic for this episode is Madness to Method. Quite simply, a crisis causes a sort of madness in people by taking everything that was normal and throwing it for a loop. Not surprisingly then, madness is a recipe for disaster in response to a crisis. The only solution for this crisis-induced madness is creating a method of action that is imbued with clarity of purpose and direction. This framework provides clearly identified roles and responsibilities, articulated goals, and processes to address the challenges of the crisis. Now, let's be clear, life changes dramatically when a crisis strikes. Much of what made your life familiar, comfortable, predictable, and controllable ceases to exist. A crisis can sow disorder in your mind and your life, generate disruptive emotions, upend long-standing life patterns and habits, cloud thinking and judgment, and just plain cause panic. In this overwhelmed state, you are ill-equipped to view the crisis with clear vision, to make well-thought-out decisions, or to take action that's purposeful and focused. So you need to create some method from the madness. One of your most important tasks in response to a crisis is to create a method that will corral the madness and enable you to tackle the crisis in an organized and systematic way. The specific method you choose will be determined by the nature of the crisis. Your method is really a set of goals you establish for yourself that will progressively guide you to achieve a satisfactory resolution to the crisis you're facing. To that end, goal setting is a simple and practical tool you can use to create a method for meeting the challenges of a crisis. For some very elemental reason, people respond to goals in a very deep and personal way. The experience of setting a goal, working toward a goal, and achieving a goal has a powerful emotional resonance that causes us to continue to strive even farther. Pride and inspiration play a central role in how goal setting impacts your ability to overcome a crisis. Pride leads you to put forth the effort in pursuit of your goals, while inspiration follows achievement of a goal and encourages you to set your sights on the next goal. Aside from the more profound influence that goal setting has on turning the madness of a crisis into a method, it also helps you disconnect your amygdala and engage your cerebral cortex, the result of which is a shift from a crisis mentality to an opportunity mindset. Setting goals also has real practical value because they offer two essential benefits that allow your method to rise above the madness. First, goals provide the destination of where you want to go with a crisis. This endpoint is important because if you don't know where you want to go, you're not going to have the impetus to get moving from where you are now. Second, having a place you really want to go doesn't have a lot of value if you don't know how to get there. Goals provide the roadmap for getting to your destination in a crisis. So what are some keys to effective goal setting? There has been an enormous amount of research that has studied how goal setting can be used most effectively. The acronym SMARTER, S-M-A-R-T-E-R, represents the seven criteria found to get the most out of your goal setting. Now I will preface this section by indicating that there are variations of what each of these letters in the acronym denotes, and I've chosen those that I find the most helpful. The S represents specific. Your goal should be specific to what you want to accomplish with the crisis. For example, if you had a heart attack due to an unhealthy lifestyle, 
you don't want to set a goal of, I want to live healthier, because it's too general. Instead, you want to identify what aspects of your lifestyle you want to improve. More specific goals are, I want to stop snacking between meals, or I want to exercise four times a week for at least 30 minutes. The more specific you get, the more you can focus on what you need to do to improve that area. The M stands for measurable. One of the most robust findings from the research on goal setting is that not having an adequate benchmark for success is very ineffective. Instead of quote-unquote do your best goals, you want to give yourself a tangible measure toward which you can strive. Turning to the example above of living a healthier lifestyle, to prevent another heart attack, a measurable goal might be, I want to exercise four times a week for at least 30 minutes, working on both cardiovascular fitness and strength. This goal offers a specific parameter around what you need to do to help alleviate your health crisis and improve your fitness. The A represents accepted. Taking ownership of your crisis is essential for you to have any chance of putting it behind you. Similarly, ownership of your goals is no less important. Goals that are set by others will not inspire or motivate you fully because they come from outside of you. When goals aren't your own, you won't feel complete buy-in to work toward them. Setting your own goals that you believe deeply in weaves them into the very fabric of your life and your efforts. You will almost always have no choice about whether you strive toward them or not because ownership compels you to give your best effort in pursuit of your goals. The R means realistic. You want to set goals that are realistic yet challenging. The fact is that there are a range of possible outcomes to a crisis, from complete failure to complete success, with gradations in between. Depending on the type of crisis you experience, complete success may not be immediately possible. For example, getting a job with equal pay to the one you just lost. But you do want to aim as high as is reasonable given your situation, because where you aim is often where you hit. Think of it this way. If you set goals that are too low, they will have little motivational value because you know you can achieve them without much effort. Conversely, you don't want to set goals that are too high because you know that you can't achieve them even if you give your best effort, which means that you will have little incentive to put forth any effort. Instead, you want to set goals that are both realistic and challenging. Realistic means that they're possible to achieve based on your capabilities. In terms of being challenging, your goals should lie just beyond what you think you can attain, as this requires you to really extend yourself if you want to have any chance of attaining them. You should aim to really stretch yourself with each goal, because that provocation is the greatest chance of achieving them. From the English writer and novelist Michael Korda, one way to keep momentum going is to have constantly greater goals. The T stands for time-limited. Open-ended goals haven't been shown to be effective because there's no urgency behind them. The best goals are ones in which there's a time limit for their achievement, particularly in a crisis for which time is often of the essence. This timeliness incentivizes you to begin right away and to stick with your efforts to meet the self-imposed deadline or the one has been imposed on you by the crisis. You will feel especially motivated to put in the time and energy necessary to reach your goals by a deadline if they are challenging. For example, let's return to the lost job example above. If you're running out of money and need to get a job soon, your timeline will be determined by the quote-unquote drop-dead date of your bank account, which will drive you to find a job as soon as possible. The E represents exciting. 
Your commitment to strive toward your goals during a crisis is partly driven by the emotions associated with those goals. As a result, you want to set goals that inspire and excite you. These emotions can be the deciding factor in whether you achieve your goals in the face of setbacks, failures, disappointment, fatigue, pain, and tedium. They can also help you counteract other emotions that are commonly associated with a crisis, such as fear, worry, frustration, anger, and despair. As you set goals for yourself, put them to the excitement test by asking yourself whether your goals generate strong and positive emotions in you. For example, returning to the job crisis I just described, an exciting goal might be, I'm going to return to school so I can have a career I love. Finally, the R represents recorded. Another robust finding in the goal setting research is that you're more likely to stay committed to your goals when, rather than just thinking about them, you write them down on a piece of paper and also instead of just typing them into a computer. The benefit appears to be due to several things. First, the physical act of writing your goals seems to somehow imprint them more deeply in your psyche. Second, writing them down makes the goals more tangible and real. Third, the explicitness of writing down your goals appears to create a greater sense of ownership of them and a sense of accountability that makes you feel more compelled to focus on and strive toward those goals. Fourth, it helps you avoid a common mistake that many people make when they complete their goal setting, filing them away and forgetting about them. Instead, take your written goals and put them up where you can see them regularly, like on your refrigerator or your bathroom mirror. This constant reminder keeps your goals at the forefront of your mind, especially during a crisis. As a result, you stay focused on accomplishing them and have a better chance of ultimately putting the crisis behind you. From the motivational speaker and author, Mark Victor Hansen, by recording your dreams and goals on paper, you set in motion the process of becoming the person you most want to be. In addition to the smarter goals I've just described, there are several other guidelines that can be beneficial in goal setting that offer the maximum benefit as you work to overcome a crisis. First, focus on degree of attainment. Even though setting goals has been studied for decades and we have a pretty clear picture of why, how, and when they work, goal setting is still an inexact science. What makes goal setting a less than precise endeavor is that, well, it involves human beings. And in general, we are pretty unpredictable creatures. Moreover, responding successfully to a crisis is also an inexact science because crises are also capricious creatures. Most crises don't have a clearly defined prescription you can follow that assures the positive outcome you want. Due to these uncertainties, your focus when setting and striving for goals should be on your degree of attainment instead of absolute attainment. Let me explain what this means. Absolute attainment means accomplishing the goal in its entirety. For example, if your computer system has been hacked and your identity stolen, you can rectify the breach, but you can't guarantee that it will be completely and assuredly secured and your identity safeguarded. Given the inherent uncertainty of the situation, expecting absolute attainment is a recipe for failure as it leaves open a small window for accomplishing the goal and a very large window for falling short. In contrast, degree of attainment emphasizes progress toward the goal. Returning to the security breach example, if you have evidence that major threats to your computer system have been closed and there's no immediate indication that your identity has been used, you've done as much as possible for the moment. Then you can use the information related to your improvement to modify the goal of future security accordingly, either by changing the goal outcome or simply extending the time needed to reach the goal of absolute security with your computer system. Also, make your goals public. 
Still, another result commonly reported in the goal-setting research is that you are more likely to adhere to your goals if you make them public or share them with others. You might do this by showing them to your family or friends, or even posting them on your social media for your followers to see, as is often the case these days. By doing so, you become accountable to everyone with whom you shared your goals. The upside to making a public declaration of your goals is that you will receive a lot of support and encouragement from those with whom you shared your goals. In addition to your personal ownership, this external accountability and optimism will motivate you to work even harder in pursuit of your goals. Also, review your goals regularly. As I noted above, it's difficult to establish precise goals that are achievable with certainty, particularly with a crisis. Consequently, it's important to view goal setting as a dynamic and ever-evolving process of creation, effort, review, adjustment, and recommitment. As such, you should make it a habit to review your goals frequently and compare them to your progress. It can also be helpful to review them with your support team who can provide useful feedback that you can then use to make modifications that will further motivate you to pursue your crisis goals. Lastly, what types of crisis goals should you set? Goal setting in a crisis involves establishing a series of goals that start big picture and get more specific and actionable as you strive to resolve a crisis. The different types of goals include long-term goals, what you ultimately want to achieve related to the crisis. For example, regain your health following a heart attack. Next are outcome goals. What do you want to achieve in the near term? For example, lose 40 pounds and increase my physical strength and stamina. Then are process goals. What you need to do specifically every day to achieve the outcome goals. For example, exercise regularly and adopt healthier eating habits. Finally, lifestyle goals what you need to do in your general lifestyle to support the above goals, that is to sleep and engage in a supportive social life. Decide on what you think are reasonable goals that will resolve the crisis you're experiencing using the SMARTER guidelines as well as the other criteria I just described. If you're unsure of what goals to set, I recommend that you sit down with your support team and prepare your goals collaboratively. Since your team will know you well, understand the crisis, and often have experience and perspective related to the crisis, they can help you set the best possible goals to overcome the crisis in a timely manner. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 35 of Crisis to Opportunity. And be on the lookout for episode 36, my final episode in the near future. <laughs>